0: The following episode of Days of Thunder is brought to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only podcast network. Go to ProWrestlingOnly.com to enjoy other fine podcasts, as well as match reviews, book reviews, video game reviews, and of course our forums. Let's start the show. there, Thunder buddies and travelers down Thunder Road. It is us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast. that no one asked for, but we did anyway. Over here at Pro Wrestling Only, I'm your host. Your, Ooh, what will I? Go oh, with he's out this of ideas. Week? He's out. Oh, oh, your Somalier. <laughs> what upon You're on. Thunder You're Road? What? Just in at the last second, Somalier. The, the, the. Um, or Samae however you pronounce it the person who basically uh, is a wine expert in a restaurant
1: the, the local alco? The <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah you're Samae upon uh, Thunder Road Dave Ryan Jesus that was a close one there I nearly next nearly struck out time, finally fuck Dave Ryan and I am joined by my faithful co-host Stagger Lee Malone Lee how are you? I'm
1: disappointed you got one in at the ender
0: you thought you'd finally I thought we'd got, got there. I thought finally twelve episodes in. It was that we had had such a like a a period of talking about utter nonsense and then we just snapped straight into the show that my head was out of the game, I wasn't ready. Um but I got there in the end. <laughs> Thank fuck. <laughs> we were just saying before uh, but, before
1: we hit record that um one day we will actually do like just a conversational lead in, but then we might get sued, so
0: Yeah. Well almost certainly. <laughs> almost certainly I would be I'd be looking very much at our tentative plans to do a like some sort of special watch along episode with our, our friend of the show Johnny and Oberhausen where we will probably be under the influence uh, as our most libelous podcast to date you can afford that one in October <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: maybe November depending on the amount of editing that needs to be done
0: yeah possibly considerable amounts of beeping and redacting yeah um, but yeah, we're, we're back um, in fairly unbearable heat for the, the climes of Ireland that we're in. So Lord knows one of us might get heat stroke in the, the process of recording this program. Um, Which
1: is totally different to Jeff Jarrett's
0: stroke. Indeed. I, I have all the heat stroke around here, that's for sure. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um,
1: oh, uh, I must bring this up actually before we get into the meat of the show. I got a, do, I got a notification on my phone the other day from, from okay. Reddit. that. That does happen from time it d- it to time. It does happen. Not all the time, but it does happen. Um, somebody on Reddit had posted on the WCW sub forum or subreddit asking, Was anyone a fan of Conan? Ah.
0: <laughs> Did you feel that was very targeted content for you? I think somebody on Reddit is listening to the show and that that like, was very much was targeted. It? were were they a fan of Conan and were looking to find kindred spirits or were they somebody who like us was watching Conan seeing what a bunch of bullshit he was at this stage and trying to see if like he was the only one that could notice that or what was the tone of the post? Well see
1: after staring at my phone incredulously for a couple of minutes and <laughs> contemplating whether to you know have a go at this person for being a fan of Conan. I decided not to actually open the link because if yeah. there was some positive thoughts on Conan, I wouldn't have been too happy. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you would have been
0: all right. <laughs> so I
1: still haven't actually checked out the uh, the thread on this subreddit. And you just
0: you just saw it, and and that was enough for you. Uh, I've actually got it up here. The thought
1: of it being there is enough.
0: Um. So allow me to read this one out. Uh, all he's asked is, uh, "This is user Chili Bulls for life." Uh, has asked if there's any fans of Conan in here so he hasn't said either way Lee so you're in the clear you you don't have to trash anybody Uh, and then pretty much much like Conan used to do everyone is kind of commenting commenting on it uh, bits of that kind of promo he would repeat over and over again um (laughs) And it, yeah, it it would seem that everyone's in agreement with us there uh, on the WCW sub- subreddit. Fine people, where we've been posting our our podcast of late, uh, Lee. Before we get into the the meat and potatoes of WCW Thunder episode twelve, we have one little bit of an announcement. August is here, which means for us on this side of the Atlantic, it's a very exciting time of the year as the Premier League, um, the 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 world's premier. Uh, soccer league is about to kick off again football and i kind of yeah, yeah football as we call it soccer as the yanks would call it um we had flow with the idea on twitter a few weeks ago i think uh, around the time we did our uncensored episode uh would there be people open to uh joining a fantasy premier league league for uh days of thunder um and we've decided to go ahead with it um, might only get a handful of people, might not. I know fantasy football isn't for everybody and kind of the whole thing about fantasy football is that you you, you join it, you're all hyped up and then you forget about it uh, two or three months later. So if you're a fan of football, if you're a fan of the Premier League and want to get involved, if you go over to fantasy.premierleague.com. Uh, set up your team in there and then go to uh, try and add yourself to a private league. The code for our league, which is cleverly enough, called the Nick Lambrose Memorial Shield. The uh, the code for that league is GKZ577. I will keep um, the membership open until I think, what, maybe the end of the first round of Premier League fixtures. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, Lee? I
1: think after the Monday Night Football game would be a good time to close it.
0: Yeah, so that date will be... uh, Let me just check. Monday the 12th. Monday the 12th of August. Um, So that's, that's how long you have. Get in there. Get it sorted. We'll have tweeted it out by the time this show hits. But if you're not somebody that follows us at WCW Thunderpod on Twitter, and you should be... Uh well here's your chance to join the Premier League. We will we won't announce what it is now, but we can guarantee Lee fabulous prizes for whoever tops the league by the end of the season.
1: And and that um, is
0: prizes plural. And uh, yeah, prizes plural and uh we've had some ideas knocking around here. We've uh, we've bookmarked some links mm-hmm. to some prizes <laughs> and had some ideas and, and we quite enjoy the ideas we've had for prizes. Uh, once the league is closed and we're a couple of weeks in, uh, we will announce what the situation is with prizes. But rest assured, it won't just be uh, for naught. You will get uh, plenty of bragging rights and actual prizes sent to you, for uh, free of charge. There's no charge to join fantasy.premierleague.com, it should be said as well.
1: So, uh, being that the, the league is called the Nick Lambros Memorial Shield, ha- mm-hmm. have we established, is Nick Lambros dead? I.
0: Uh, I tried to fu- like because it took me a while to even find his name somewhere to spell it correctly but I couldn't find conclusive proof either way whether he was dead or alive if he's alive I really hope he finds out about this league, or whether he was like that was his shoot name or not <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah actually we never really established that either literally.
0: Yeah, I found, like, a Google Groups page or, or something like that uh, talking about the news story in 1998 where he was promoted to Executive Vice President of WCW. Um, he's mentioned he's mentioned here and there in Death of WCW. Um, but, yeah, I have no real... Like I, I have I have no real information with regard to Nick Lambrose, what he's doing, whether he's alive. I wish him all the best, but it's it's in the memory of this great authority figure that we have created the league anyway, regardless of his current status.
1: His, his on screen career seems to be R I P. So,
0: in, it's certainly so, unless uh, AEW is really going for the nostalgia factor <laughs> when they premiere on TNT in the in in the autumn, uh, Lee. We are doing episode 12 of Thunder on this show, and as is tradition, what are you pairing your Thunder with this week on the programme?
1: Well, it's been a a long weekend, Mm. so I've decided to fall off the wagon once again. Here he is. I I do have work in the morning, I just don't care. (laughs) And I'm back on the sudden Comfort.
0: Oh, a strong beverage. It is a
1: strong beverage, and I don't have just one, I have two.
0: Ooh a double this was a this um, was a bad show uh, yeah, it surely was um i for the first time on the program have actually gone with the same beer two weeks running um i had an abundance of them and i do have a couple more to crack out a couple of different ones to crack out over the following weeks but i realized the types of beer i like i'm actually going to run out of new ones sooner rather than later if i burn through one a week um, so I, you, you will get some repeat beers and repeat beverages on this program from time to time, but I've gone once again with the, uh, blue moon, Belgian white, and it's probably uh, with the exception of the Rock Shore, it's the, it's the lightest and easiest one to drink while recording a podcast I've done so far.
1: And, and considering the heat, I can't really knock you for having something that, you know, won't kill you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Leaning on the refreshing side mm. rather than the massive alcohol content exactly. side. That's for sure. Um, yeah, as Lee alluded to, not a great episode, but let's get into it. Thunder, episode 12, March 26th, 1998, on the campus of George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. Um, show, we got a cold open to start the show, uh, with a bit of fake news, Lee, Um, Fake news before fake news was in vogue as Bischoff is raiding the production truck and threatening all and sundry not to show the footage from Nitro. Now, obviously us as context reviewers have no idea at this point what the footage is, but he seems very insistent on not showing it. Um, What did you think of this little kind of fourth wall breaking kind of meta bit of a cold open to start the show?
1: Maybe it's just with jaded 2019 eyes, but, you know, the whole being in the truck thing was just kind of like, ah, okay. Uh, Yeah, but it's a bit hackneyed now, but back then. At the time, yeah, I'm sure it was like this innovative thing. Um, Mm. I was a bit disappointed that when we finally did see the footage, it wasn't something that I thought it would be. Yeah, I thought it might involve Goldberg
0: and the NWO. Mm. It didn't it felt to me very much like if it, it, it threw me back in time something to something that happened 8 years ago last weekend as we were recording this and that was CM Punk winning the world title and money in the bank um which has fucking aged me just thinking about it being that long ago mm-hmm. um but the ideas a lot of people had about him showing back up and the you know Vince's edict that he would never be mentioned on tv again for the one week he was gone um the summer the summer like, of punk as it were yeah and i loved some of the ideas people were having that like he would show up and the cameras would make all efforts not to you know not to show him Mm -hmm. but to be very deliberate about not showing him so that it was kind of you knew he was there sort of stuff so that's what it kind of remind me of like it's for 1998 in particular it seems like a kind of edgy thing to do that it's like oh this is the tape that people don't want you to see um and hyping up this kind of uh, this story they're trying to tell where there are two narratives going on uh, there a- appears quite clearly to be discordancy amongst the, the NWO, people are not getting along people are falling out First Savage, uh, now we'll see on this show with Nash and Hogan um, and Bischoff is just kind of trying to keep things together while also kind of trying to put across the narrative that WCW is just editing the footage to make it look like the nwo are having disagreements but that's not the case um i definitely appreciate what they're going for here but i i would totally agree with what you say that maybe this isn't it, it doesn't hold up looking back on it with 2019 eyes just because it's kind of done so much since
1: yeah like i, I think i, I was being i'm being a bit unfair to say it's like yeah I'm, I'm just kind of it's boring to me but yeah i mean i'm sh- like i say i'm sure it was innovative at the time and I'm I'm willing to let it play out, shall we say, and see how
0: it goes on the episode. Mm. And more on that later, yeah. Um so we get to see the footage, quote unquote. Uh we get to see some really weirdly the aspect ratio on this little bit of video was mad. Like it was proper like letterboxed like a, like a cut scene from a western or something like that uh, a replay from Monday uh, which teased basically dissent uh, between Nash and Hogan a bit of argy-bargy a bit of kind of pointing and shouting at each other um, the thing I will say about this that leans more towards your idea that we're a bit tired of this is that it just it doesn't it seem very much just like a copy and paste job from the the Savage stuff at least this part.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you forgot, like, an important part. It, it, the footage begins with, like, Roddy Piper down in the ring. Then you see Savage is down in the ring. And mm-hmm. Kevin Nash gets into the ring with a chair. And Hogan gets into the ring at the same time and is imploring Nash to hit Savage. Yeah. And instead, he goes for Piper and Hogan grabs the chair off him. They get into a shoving match. And this is where the whole tension between Nash and Hogan begins.
0: Yeah. Um, so we're obviously... Uh, and there are several hints um, as to where this is going long-term with the the NWO storyline on this. And uh, for those of you who are holding your breath, hoping we'll say this is the start of the end of the NWO, boy, I've got some bad news for you. Um. But anyway, we, we get into our show proper. Uh, and as we come on the air, the announcers are telling us that the... Um, as part of the... We we had been told on Thunder episode 11 that uh, Piper would be out to make a historic challenge on Nitro. And that challenge turned out to be... it it At the paper, you had Spring Stampede you were going to have Kevin Nash and Hollywood Hogan versus Giant and Piper in a bat match. Oh, sorry, it was
1: a bat. Sorry, not a chair. A bat.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in a bat match. Uh, so, essentially, it's a bat on a pole uh, by the sounds of it at this stage. Um... Whoever gets the bat can use it and it won't be a disqualification as if disqualifications really matter uh, in NWO <laughs> matches. So
1: does the winner become the Batman?
0: Uh, what if the winner just became Batman? That would be great. I mean, Roddy Piper always wanted to be an actor. Yeah. What if that's... Because we all know like that, that Crow Sting is synonymous with the bat. And what if this is the bat origin story?
1: <laughs> well, Sting isn't in the match, so that's a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you never know what WCW, maybe he shows up and wins the bat. <laughs> he just abseils down, takes the bat, and abseils back up I'm again. I'm not going
1: to rule that out until we actually watch the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Um, our opening contest on Thunder is, uh, is supposedly Eddie with Chavo Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. Uh, Chavo's coming out wearing a hideous My Favourite Wrestler is Eddie Guerrero t-shirt. Um... Eddie gets into the ring. Now bear in mind he could have done this like backstage and spared poor Chavo the embarrassment but doesn't. He waits to get in the ring and dress him down and say that hey um Chavo has a um has a shot at the TV title tonight. Uh, But Eddie doesn't feel he deserves it. So what Eddie's gone and done, because Eddie apparently has the power to book matches, uh, has done a switcheroo. And he's taking the title shot against Booker later on tonight. So our opening contest is now Chavo versus Benoit, which I would say this was a fairly gutting bait and switch in terms of talent level in this match for you, Lee. (laughs) Yeah.
1: uh, Like Eddie-Benoit is like a pay-per-view quality match. Chavo-Benoit is a... It's a match. It's a Thunder Opener quality <laughs> match. I don't even think it's that high of a quality, to be honest, in 1998. D- WCW Saturday night match. Um, yeah, I mean, Chav- Chav- Chavos was bad.
0: Yeah, uh, especially at this stage in his career, that's for I, sure. I, uh, pretty much immediately after the match had started, in case there was any fear of you paying attention to what's going on in the ring, uh, EZE and Rick Rude commandeered the commentary booth, which becomes incredibly distracting for this match.
1: Yeah, I just I kind of stopped taking notes on the whole thing because Bischoff just talks about how much he respects Eddie Guerrero.
0: Yeah, he's he's talking about how much he expects Eddie Guerrero and how much kind of like talking about the the footage from the start of the show where they they bemoan what they describe as a Clinton type conspiracy against the NWO, uh, fake news basically that WCW are, are showing this footage to make the NWO problems look bad. There's no problem with the NWO. Um, in the ring, this match is basically just Benoit wailing on Chavo. Which, look, I'm not, I, I'm not mad about it. It, it, it <laughs> wasn't know? quite a Daniel Pewter level beating, but it wasn't far off. No, and I'll tell you what: there was one man in the front row on the hard camera who was fucking. It was the best day of his life watching Chavo take a beating here. Um, I don't know what Chavo did to him, but he was really, really happy about it. Uh, Benoit won this very short, very not memorable match via Crossface. Um, The lads are all back at the booth now, and Hogan and Easy e are out as if, like, think about this now. (laughs) We talk about what were the problems with WCW, and there are many, myriad problems uh, with WCW. Let's think for a while that uh, there have been... This is the third official segment on the show, if you count the cold open, and all three of them have had Eric Bischoff in a starring role. Um,
1: That's not to forget that Eric Bischoff was dragged out of the production truck by security.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, presumably dragged out to the the commentary booth by the sounds of it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Hogan and E are out to bury WCW. Yeah. it, I find it very funny at this stage, two years into the the NWO thing, how the NWO really are still trying to force this issue that the NWO is a completely separate wrestling organization as opposed to just a faction within WCW.
1: Yeah, I mean, like two years in, their, their goal to destroy WCW hasn't really worked out, has
0: it? No, it hasn't. And I think really... Going so far as to say they're a completely different organisation, it does feel like flogging a dead horse, doesn't it? I, like, I'm like. i not saying you need to do an angle that just kind of explains why they're now just a faction. You could just stop saying that they're a separate organisation <laughs> and it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, but I mean, they had a pay-per-view in their own honour and they then keep that pay-per-view name for the rest of the existence of this company, so...
0: Yeah, uh, Hogan here in this promo reckons that people worship his feet, and I don't want to kink shame, but he said it anyway. Um, him and Tony Atlas. There is a sign behind him as he is saying this, saying Hulk Hogan is such a fat-ass. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> uh, that made me laugh quite a lot. Uh, then Big Sexy is out to prove in quite a literal manner that he's not a puppet, as he does kind of... <clears throat> I, I, something we discussed uh, based on a match we saw this weekend at OTT if you have to explain <laughs> your symbolism your symbolism has failed and Kevin Nash comes out and does these big exaggerated movements around the top of his head and he has to explain then that it's him showing that he has no strings because he's not a puppet yeah and
1: uh, the heart and soul of the NWO was the Wolfpack
0: yeah and mentioning about how he's annoyed that uh, Six Pack hasn't got a job and kind of by the end of this segment, the we're left with that it's an alliance still uh, between Nash and Hogan, but it's an uneasy one. And we will get more on this, I am very certain. Mm. Uh, we move on to uh, what a match here for the Linear Martial Arts Championship. The, the first defense of the Martial Arts Championship. The f- the first defence for those of you who missed last week's show and go back uh, in the archives and listen to it we decided that after uh, an officially sanctioned by us martial arts division last week between Yuji Nagata and Prince Ikea that we would attempt to keep track of the linear martial arts division champion the winner of that match last week being Prince Ikea is now the first linear martial arts champion and we will follow the reins of that title as it goes through WCW. So we established that any singles match or like any non-tag match that that person is in, it's counted as a martial arts division Mm -hmm. title match. And we're going to see where that belt ends up by the end of it. And if uh, somebody who is the current martial arts champion leaves the company uh, with the belt still around them, then we will award the belt retroactively to the last person they wrestled (laughs) before they left so try and follow that as we go along here because lord knows we're going to lose the run of ourselves I think we need to
1: set a time limit as well on if they don't show up on thunder so
0: I think a month ooh no because sometimes you get people revolving like how long has it been since we've seen Ric Flair ooh good points two hmm. months well let's just say let's let's see how, how we get on and if because I have a feeling that if Prince Iakea has it now it's going to be a long time before it gets on the hands of anybody too important to not be on Thunder.
1: That's a fair point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, So Leparca versus Prince Iakea um, very early in this match uh, one of my biggest pops of the show as Leparca hit what I could describe as a shoot spinning wheel kick. <laughs> he
1: fucking nailed him.
0: <laughs> he absolutely fucking <laughs> battered him.
1: I almost felt bad for Prince. Almost.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Um Prince kind of uh it's back and forth for a minute or two. Uh Prince hits that kind of like roll a forward roll heel kick thing that you'd see the likes of a Tyler Bate do. Um and IKEA IKEA eventually I he really call him IKEA. Uh, <laughs> Prince, Prince IKEA, Prince Ikea <laughs> the flat the flat pack champion of the world. Uh, he's just Prince Ikea now. That's it. It's in my head now. It's not coming out. <laughs> um, he hits his v- variation of the Northern Light, which looks suspiciously just like a Northern Light suplex, uh, and wins again. So, your winner and still linear martial arts champion, Prince Ikea. Uh, what did you think of this one? Uh,
1: <laughs> it was nice to see La
0: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It's always nice to see I, I don't
1: know. like Prince Ikea bores me.
0: Yeah he really does it's not going to get much better the flat pack champion I'll tell you that the flat pack champion the martial arts he's just the belt collector here my god <laughs> putting us Aries to shame um, Lex is out next with Tony uh, he is it's weird as Tony is starting to try and ask him serious interview questions Lex is just standing there grinning like an idiot and giving people the thumbs up in the crowd Lex is just really happy to be here tonight he's in a great mood I'm guessing
1: Lex got his paycheck like for that month
0: yeah, he must have. He saw all the zeros. And he's like, oh, how could you possibly be in a bad mood after that? Um, he is here to officially accept um, the the challenge that had been laid down by Hogan and Nash. They said that they could be. Was it that they said they could be any tag team. Yeah, Hogan
1: said he'd team up with Nash tonight and take on any team in the back.
0: Yeah, so uh, Lex said he's here to accept the challenge on behalf of himself and the WCW champion Sting, so your main event for tonight is set. Well, what he said
1: was Uh, himself and his partner who was putting on his game face.
0: Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Um, Our our next match, we have uh, the yin and yang of our Thunder experience. Uh, as Jericho takes on Disco. A real battle of good versus evil in my books here, Lee. <laughs> this was a match I've wanted for weeks. Uh, we knew, given their relative positions on the card, this is going to happen fucking eventually. <laughs> can I just say, how great did Disco look
1: in his lovely peach outfit?
0: You can ask the question. I don't know if you're going to get an answer. <laughs> he looks like a fucking star. Come on. He looks like a fucking goof. <laughs> Um, okay. there's a point earlier on where, where Disco he, he gets, um, Jericho hits him with a drop toe hold, And I don't know if he was like, if he meant to do it or he just misjudged how close he were, but he basically ate the bottom rope on the way down. And much as, you know, I don't really care for Disco. I was quite concerned for him for a second there. Um, you're coming around on him. That, that's what matters. I'm not. Oh, uh, no, I'm not.
1: <laughs>
0: he does a nice swing
1: swinging neckbreaker. You have to give him that.
0: I, I'm not giving him anything.
1: <laughs> You're just being incredibly harsh. <laughs> disco is a fine mid-card act.
0: I need something to take my frustrations out on that I made the stupid decision to do this show. Uh, <laughs> and Disco is what I've chosen. No, look, you know, it's uh, all joking aside. It was, it was fine. Um, the, the match seems to, the main point that's served by it and by uh, Heenan's commentary on here is... Uh, how the Lion Tamer is basically the most devastating submission hold in the company.
1: Nobody gets out of it is basically the story they're telling now, yeah?
0: Yeah. Uh, Disco fires up on Jericho who had had the heat uh, after the drop toe hold. He fires up with a, a sidewalk slam uh, and an atomic drop. Commentators are putting over the idea that Jericho has collected the career of Mysterio, the mask of Hoovy, the dignity of Malenko, um, and it is just a pity there isn't anything worth taking from the Disco Inferno here. Um. <laughs>
1: oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> you should be ashamed uh. yourself for that.
0: The finishing stretch includes Jericho hitting a backbreaker and then locking in the lion tamer finally. Um, and he does take something off Disco in the end as he takes his, his peach headband away He's
1: a teeth um, and a scumbag.
0: I really hope uh, Jericho like, just goes on this winning streak for ages and he just comes out kind of like Joey in that episode of Friends where he's wearing everything Chandler <laughs> owns because he's collected so many trophies.
1: Like, who else can he go against now that he's going to get something from?
0: Oh, I don't know. He could take La Parca's chair... Iak okay, stupid necklace. You could take the martial arts division title. Oh, imagine what a champion! What a worthy champion! <laughs> um, our next segment is a tease for WCW Saturday Night as we get um Jericho versus Seikosis, Eugene Agata versus Booker T, and Kevin Nash versus Rick Steiner. Um. Our next match, I wasn't looking for a second and I heard a name that sounded a lot like Jerry Lynn and I was like, (laughs) what? And then looked up and it was Jerry Flynn. And it was Jerry Flynn against Bill Goldberg. And this was... Like, I feel like we're saying it every week now. The difference week on week in the reactions, Mm -hmm. like, the roar as soon as Goldberg music started was, like, I imagine the building was fucking shaking.
1: Yeah, whereas before it used to be when his face would come up on the video screen. It's now the instant the music starts.
0: They know the music yeah. now. Uh, Goldberg was 56-0 a week ago after his match. He is now 61-0 and 0 coming out here. So, my God, the man had five matches in seven days. Oh. What a champion. Come on, Rick
1: Fair used to do that twice on Sundays.
0: Yeah, damn straight. And ha- only half of them were against brooms. Um, huge overhead belly-to-belly suplex, which is amazing because Jerry it was a bit of a beefy boy. Um he he could definitely
1: have been a part of the Team Beefy though
0: Yeah, absolutely. He tries uh, a single leg takedown on Goldberg. This goes poorly for him as Goldberg just reverses it into one of his own kind of knee bars. Uh, Jerry, God bless him, attempts an armbar and <laughs> Goldberg does what I can only describe as a Quentin Rampage Jackson pride style powerbomb to break the armbar. So it's good to know that old uh, Rampage Jackson was watching his Bill Goldberg tapes in the 90s. If you've never um, seen a
1: shoe powerbomb, this was a shoe fucking powerbomb. <laughs> this was, it was proper,
0: like all I could think of was pride. Um, at one point, Jerry gets him in the corner and hits, like, did you see this? This is actually one of my, like, favorite moves on the whole show this week. Uh, he whips Goldberg into the corner and runs on him with this class, like, spin mm-hmm. kick and dives over the ropes in one fluid motion. Yep. It was really cool. It was cool. really cool, yeah. That's all he did, though. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all he did because Goldberg got really mad about that and speared him at Jack Hard- hammered him for 62-0. oh. Um, But to be fair I I was trying to scratch my head And I think on our entire run of Thunder Jerry Flynn got more than almost anybody against Goldberg I think
1: apart from the early Mongo match Yeah Jerry has got the most offense in And if Mm. I'm remembering correctly I think Jerry Flynn is the guy that Goldberg beats the most On his his unbeaten run
0: So this is a match we'll be seeing more and more of I think this feud must continue in spite of a decisive victory. Um, and in case you hadn't got enough of that match, we have our Castrol Torture Fest of the week. Or Torture Test, they was it? They not test say replay Torture, torture Fest. <laughs> <laughs> torture Test, sorry, my handwriting is shite. Yeah. Castrol Torture Test Replay of the Week. What does um, that even mean? I have no fucking idea. Why would you want to torture um, some, like, Carwell... And why would this be a test? Uh, there's so many questions. I can only imagine where the, the quality of the replay names are going from here, because you would think we have hit rock bottom, but there's still uh, several years of thunder left to improve or, or not on Wait, that. the advertisers will um,
1: only just get lower quality.
0: Um the, the flock is out in the next segment, and as they're coming to the ring, Tony announces that they will be in Nashville this May for Jimmy Hart Day. Um, so, we can look forward to a Nashville themed episode of Thunder coming up. Um, Psychosis versus Kidman. Uh, they mentioned quite early on in this match that Lodi is currently out for ankle surgery uh, as a result of a match earlier in the week with Psychosis. Uh, Psychosis goes to do his corkscrew moonsault. Kidman knocks him down. And does, I think, his, by far his best shooting star mm-hmm. press so far on the show, a running one off the apron, which looked class. And looked like it didn't actually kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> um. At at a certain point in this match, kind of in the middle, uh, Heenan seems to get bored and just starts trying to pop the lads on commentary, <laughs> as he said, well, because obviously the star, shooting star press, as we discussed before in the show, is called a seven-year mm-hmm. itch at this point. And he said, if you didn't have a bath in seven years, you'd itch too. <laughs> and yeah he's just popping them he said uh, and Brain does point out though and this is the great pit about Heenan Heenan will bury people deep beneath the earth but would never discredit them as a wrestler um, so he goes like he may look like shit but he's a great wrestler as a se- since joining the flock is essentially his point here <laughs> um, I was um, very distracted
1: during this match and it wasn't by Heenan's quality one liners it was uh, well first of all there was one fan in the front row on the hard camera side that was wearing an awful Fucking disgraceful! Cream Liverpool jersey, circa nineteen
0: ninety
1: seven. You disgusting! You, you think they show those people? You I obviously should... didn't spot this because you would have brought it up. What it was? No, um, I didn't. Yeah, or I suppressed it, you know. <laughs> but also next to him, there was a couple of like frat boys. I think one even had the shirt off, as is normal, like, apparently. And they were seem to be jawing with. If it wasn't the flock themselves, it was people
0: in that general direction. And this was going on for the whole match. I saw this part where they were jawing over to the the side. To the extent that security seemed to have to get involved. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. And all the while, I'm I'm assuming there was a good match going on. Mm, Yeah, Uh, one can only assume. Kidman kicks out of a guillotine leg drop while he's hung up in the ropes. The flock tried to interfere, but Sick Boy hits Kidman and Psychosis hits a second leg drop for the win. Um, Yeah, not really, apart from a really cool shooting star press, um, not a huge amount to write home about here.
1: If I was to be a wrestler, a guillotine leg drop from the top rope is not a move I would choose to do. Nope. Leg drops of any kind can get in the fucking bin. I can only imagine that Psychosis' spine is absolutely fucking
0: shattered. Joe, I was watching a video today of, of all things, Great American Bash 95. And you know how uh, we would class William Regal as one of the, or Lord Stephen Regal, as he would have been Mm -hmm. at the time, as one of the smarter, safer dudes in terms of preserving his own body and not going, like, too high Mm -hmm. risk. Do you know what he does in his match at, um, at, at, at. Uh, Great America Bash 95. Is this a match with Sting? No, it's a tag match. It's the the Blue Bloods against... I can't remember oh, who the geez. fuck it was against now, to be honest. But go on. Um, he does the running Cactus Jack elbow off what? the apron.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No. I could not believe my eyes. No way does William Regal do a fucking Cactus Jack elbow. Mate, I'm telling you, he does it. <laughs> um... It was just, it was surreal. It was absolutely surreal. Are you sure it wasn't Bobby Eaton? (laughs) I'm absolutely absolutely certain. There's a considerable difference between those two humans. (laughs) Uh, um, Our next segment, we have um, DDP with Tony. Uh, Fairly insensitive sign in the background here as uh, someone holds up a sign saying Kimberly, feel my (laughs) bang.
1: Well, I mean, maybe he's talking about a diamond color.
0: And you would fucking think that this might encourage uh, Paige to stop using "bang" so much, but it doesn't seem to. <laughs> um, so Tony wants to talk about Raven and uh, about DDP versus Sting classic from Nitro that I'm fucking livid we missed. Well, we're
1: never going to see you.
0: Nope. Uh he says Raven likes to take credit for training him, but he lays the um the credit at Jake Roberts.
1: Well no, he he um, almost says Jake Roberts.
0: Yeah, he says he, was, he says Jake the He snake. go he goes to, to say Jake the snake?
1: snake and he stops himself on the fourth syllable of Jake yeah. and then he just goes, Uh it was Jake
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh but we all know who he's talking yeah. about. Uh he says that Raven likes to say what about me he's like yeah well what about you <laughs> Raven is the bottom of the list of people to feel sorry for and t- top of the list of people to feel the bang come on um, he just really wants to make p- him feel the bang I mean he sure does and a dear god <laughs> um as Paige, this And this just goes to illustrate the level of stardom and adulation towards Paige at this stage. Did you see, as he's climbing out through the crowd, there's like people slapping him on the back and how fucking excited they are that Paige is near them and they get to touch his shoulder. Yeah, I believe
1: it's when Paige is exiting, somebody like just literally just taps him on the shoulder and they run away like a child at Christmas,
0: like so happy. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking weird. Now, I, like I seem to recall, I like I got a hand slap off Bret Hart once. Um, and I was very excited I don't think I was this excited I was about 10 Um, but fair play like I love DDP so I'd be excited too Um, why can't I ever have interactions like that with wrestlers I know right you just get spat at Um, (laughs) and we'll be taking that one to the grave ladies and gentlemen (laughs) our next segment moving swiftly along Bulldog and Neidhart versus Hennig and Adams. Um, as Lee attempts to reference a Johnny Carson game show from presumably about 100 years ago, Rick Roode gate crashes the announce table again. And I, I, I do like this running gimmick of just Lee Marshall being inconvenienced week in, week out by people at the commentary table. He's always the one that gets shunted off to the, the side. Poor
1: man gets place more than Jim Ross at the commentary table
0: yeah uh, in this match I think Brian Adams is wearing the exact gear of every single wrestling figure sold in a pound shop (laughs) the Punisher or something (laughs) to our American friends Lee how would you best explain the concept of a pound shop 99 cent store yeah you weren't expecting that one were you <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot there actually is a parallel. So like a shop where nominally speaking everything is a pound yeah. um or a euro as it was. Well would now the two euro stores. Um things seldom were uh exactly one pound, but it was the uh basically it was code word for a cheap tat in mm-hmm. here. <laughs> and do you recall did you ever get any wrestling figures from a pound shop? Because I uh, certainly did. I'm
1: sure I did. A
0: hat off. Uh, I owned a legally distinct from Raven and legally distinct from DDP figures, um, which is how I remember they would always have, like, cheap approximations of wrestler's gear on, uh, which is exactly what Brian Adams' gear in this match reminds me Uh, of. Does that mean Um, that the
1: Raven, instead of having, like, a Nirvana shirt would have, like, a a boy shirt on or something? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) i
0: If Raven's gimmick was that he was super <laughs> into the Venga Boys, what about me? What about the Venga Bus? Oh my God, it'd be amazing! Singing and we're going to Ibiza. Yeah,
1: <laughs> party party boy, um, Raven.
0: Oh, good lord! So, um, hang on, I
1: have a question for you about Brian Adams.
0: All oh, right. I'm not going to be able to answer this unless it's about Brian Adams, the singer. Why would you be able to answer something about Brian Adams, the singer? <laughs> He's a Canadian National Treasure League, that's so why. That Hart and nobody likes him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Bret Hart never gave a summer of 69, my friend.
1: Yeah, fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your Brian Adams cue? So,
1: Brian Adams is a very not talented man, as we...
0: No, well aware as I my next as my next note is about to discuss.
1: <laughs> but this man has was in wrestling for many, 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 many years.
0: Some would say too many years to be this bad. Can you name all of his gimmicks? Oh no, no, not even close. Because like I would have only been watching wrestling like a year and a half at this point, and I hadn't started watching WCW. Or an even
1: simpler one: Can you name all the factions or stables he was in?
0: like the the abiding one the only one that I will ever accurately remember is chronic <laughs> <laughs> because Lee and it's something we'll discuss years from now when we finally get to 2000 WCW but no one has adequately explained to me why that gimmick had so many marijuana puns and yet was not actually uh, like a stoner gimmick They were high times Steve. that's all you need to know yes High Times Chronic these are all weed things and yet there was nothing else weed related about what they C- were doing they just come out and have shite matches and hit a double choke 2 middle mid-aged
1: white guys on a leather yeah uh, have a bar fight <laughs> but anyway so you you don't know any of the stable stuff Brian Adams was in
0: uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't reliably be be able to do any of it that's that's for sure can you can you hit us so with as you know Brian Adams
1: was in the NWO
0: yes did
1: you know Brian Adams was in Demolition? I did know So that. he obviously was crushed, the third member of Demolition.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to, like, I was pretty sure he was Crush, but I, I wouldn't have been so sure that I definitely would have said Crush, because, again, a little bit before my He time. then
1: went on to become lovely Hawaiian Kona Crush.
0: Of until he did.
1: became evil Hawaiian Crush. Right. Then he went to prison and became Crush.
0: And joined the... I'm seeing a theme here.
1: Nation of Domination. Oh. Crush was a founding member of the Nation of Domination.
0: Oh, yeah. They had, like, a couple of shite dudes that very quickly were forgotten about. Mm -hmm.
1: By shite, you mean Crush and Savio Vega.
0: That is exactly what I mean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, when he was kicked from the nation when they became a not definitely not racist black power gimmick, he mm-hmm. went on to found the disciples of Apocalypse.
0: Yeah, the DIY. Which was, of course, yeah. Eric
1: Bischoff's favorite WWF gimmick.
0: Yeah, you see, like all this stuff, as you're saying it to me, sounds very familiar. But like, gone to my head, I wouldn't have been certain. And of know? course, then he moves to WCW and joins the NWO. And then chronic
1: <laughs> sure, we're actually we're chronic part of the new blood, uh,
0: I know they existed before that angle, um but I can't remember. I feel like most of two thousand they were baby faces, so they are millionaires club i i hmm. they were also spelled hideously <laughs> do you remember how they spelled K-R-O-N-I-K? chronic
1: o n i k
0: yeah, but you're forgetting one part? Was there uh, a lightning the bolt? Last K- <laughs> well no, the last K is a capital K again. Yeah, it was the year two thousand. Things were weird. Yeah. Um but yeah, we'll 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 find out. I, I can't quite remember um
1: Ah we'll get to it when we get to it in a couple of years.
0: Yeah. We spent way too long yeah. talking about Brian Adams. <laughs> We really did longer than is uh, is completely necessary. But speaking of Brian Adams, while we're on the point, Lee, uh, twelve episodes in and a few pay per views, we've seen some flips, we've seen some high risk moves. Lee, I don't know if I've ever seen anything as wholeheartedly fucking dangerous as the pile driver Brian Adams hits in this match. Yeah, did you notice? I, this? I did see. It. He hits this pile driver where, as he's going to drop, he's doing it on Night and as he's going to drop. He has second thoughts about it. And he seemingly, rather than trying to protect Jim Neidhart's head, he's concerned about hurting his own arse. <laughs> so he like sticks his hand out behind him and falls backwards. And like, I I shrieked. Um, This was like a horrific looking pile driver. And like so easily could have gone much worse.
1: Thank God the anvil had a tick tick neck.
0: Yeah, it did. Like, yeah, no, it, it, uh,
1: it was horrific. Like, just awful. And I have to say, it was a perfect encapsulation of this whole match, which was fucking terrible. Speaking of
0: horrific, the finish of this no, match... No, they, they
1: ended, they ended was... the match because it was terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was all over the fucking place. Um, Kurt Heineck appears to be hurt at one point. Um, the match breaks down. Brian Adams hits what I think is the worst single leg takedown of all time <laughs> um, the bell rings as Hennig appears to be hurt as I said and uh, the they bail H- Hennig and Adams bail out of the ring the lads chase them up it seems like they're kind of going oh Hennig is hurt but then Hennig like turns around and comes to like fight them off for a bit and then just walks off again like I say they just stopped the match because it was bad That yeah, that's the it's... only explanation I have Oh, man, it was it was horrendous. Um, our next segment, thankfully, uh, an antidote to that as uh, Perry Saturn versus DDP happens. As I said last week at the show, you forget sometimes just how fucking strong Perry mm-hmm. Saturn was. He is, like, Paige is a big boy, and Perry Saturn is very easily and very believably manhandling him throughout mm-hmm. this match. Um, He's just tossing him from pillar to post, he's dominant for a long long time in this match, For DDP fires up briefly against him. Uh, (laughs) He then kind of like to re-establish his dominance in the match, uh, Saturn hits him with a really sick looking jawbreaker. he what happens next well uh, just kind of say, i just
1: gonna say i do like that this was a us title match and they kind of played up that what would happen if saturn were to win the us title like how would Ra- raven react hmm. and um obviously raven comes out at the end
0: yeah so raven comes out and he's daring ddp to come get him uh because saturn has gone up to the top rope um and there is, uh, yeah, he gets crushed by DDP. Raven is distracting him. DDP has time; he doesn't chase him at first. Uh, Saturn has a chance to recover and dive at him as DDP hits a mid-air diamond cutter, and then instead of taking the three seconds to pin him, chases him out of the ring and gets chases out of <laughs> Yeah, this is like a uh, God. I hate the stupid baby face. Yeah, dumb,
1: trope. dumb baby it's, faces are such a thing in wrestling. Like it's just constant.
0: I really don't like it because he has the time to kind of adjust and think about it and hit a diamond cutter but can't stay for three seconds more. Like, that's going to be the crucial difference, you know. I would have bought it much more if he'd run out straight away Mm -hmm. or waited to pin him, but not this. It was kind of the worst of both worlds, I think. That was a cool spot. That's It was definitely a cool spot, and it makes me, like, really laugh a lot that... You know, we don't talk enough about how the RKO out of nowhere thing was a real like. We knew that, like that. You know, he uh, Randy Orton does the RKO and it's the mm-hmm. Diamond Cutter. We knew that much, but like even the RKO out of nowhere thing is a complete like copy paste. Oh, hundred percent. Like
1: if if anybody watched like DDP in ninety eight ninety nine, they knew that the whole RKO and nowhere <laughs> thing was just a, a blatant or-
0: copy. <laughs> Or similarly, Canyon in ninety nine, two thousand, when he's doing his positively Canyon. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Which is, oh my god, we'll get to it. It's one of my all time favorite gimmicks. But anyway, uh, then we have Eddie versus Booker for the TV title. I was very excited for this one. You know, we we definitely got a a bad kind of bait and switch mm-hmm. early on on the show, but it gave us this idea a rematch um,
1: from uncensored.
0: Yes, I'm already getting the paper, um, he was confused. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Booker comes out he has the mic and insists that Chavo be a man um, Eddie is upset at this suggestion that Chavo be a man and tells him to stay out of his family business Booker pie faces him and the bell rings Eddie very melodramatically in a kind of he was watching Dusty Rhodes do his Elmer <laughs> Fudge stick and decided he was going to try and be just as cartoony very melodramatically gets some brass nooks sneaks behind Booker T and the ref Eddie decks him Booker kicks out Huge cheer. Uh Chavo throws the knucks bar- back at Eddie. The ref sees it and DQs him. Uh tells Chavo to hit Booker, and he kind of just taps him really <laughs> in lightly arm. At first. <laughs> yeah, you know, just kind of eh. uh, Eddie's very upset by this. Uh says, hit him again. Chavo floors him and puts the boots to him and then out comes Benoit to run them off I was kind of sad that we didn't get the match like I said I was excited Mm -hmm. for the prospect of getting this match again on TV but I will say even if we got the DQ it wasn't like we waited through a 10 minute match and then got the DQ at the last second they didn't waste our time it furthered the business with Chavo and it presumably set up some sort of tag match but how weak does
1: Chavo look? (laughs)
0: Oh yeah. The only per the, the person who is being served really badly by this is, is Chavo. Um, this is very much uh, I don't even see how the presumably this inevitably leads to Chavo throwing off Eddie Shackles. Uh, Eddie yeah. And- yeah, um but I don't see how like a- he's just a laughing stock at the moment it's not like people aren't kind of on his side hoping that this will be the week that he kind of like it's not like the Sandow Miz thing from a few years ago where people are just chomping at the bit to see him turn people just don't care it's
1: it's taken one week for Chavo to take orders and just do what he's told
0: yeah yeah it wasn't even a slow kind of like he's not fighting his conscience it's like it, it's right you know it's not even the kind of like level of melodramatic like big show crying when he had to hit dusty roads <laughs> <laughs> which is more, like that's a real all-timer that one you should look that one up guys if you've never oh seen my god,
1: it oh god that moment that was
0: <laughs> oh it was amazing um our next match, Scott Norton with Buff Bagwell versus Rick Steiner with Ted. Uh this is a real beef fest. Um just two huge fuckers spattering each other. Um huge belly to belly from Rick uh to start off this match. Rick tries a running forearm and fucking mm-hmm. bounces off Scott Norton and I howled laughing. That that, um, that that was like he, a he...
1: shooting. That was like he just hit him and
0: just Norton just felt nothing. Yeah, he's just like, nah. <laughs> and then Rick because he is a dog face gremlin bites Scott Norton's calves. Um, what do you think about like this? Is a real kind of like I like this kind of stuff. It breaks up the show. Um, just felt like it, a fight. it's Not
1: even like I know we're laughing about. It. It's it's not that it's comic relief, but it's just so different to everything else.
0: No, it's, yeah, it's like one of those things where, you know, like, when someone, you're at a wrestling show and someone chops someone so hard, you just start laughing.
1: Because, because you're and laughing at was. their pain. It was just,
0: <laughs> yeah, in the middle of this sports entertainment st- stuff and all this kind of, like, overbooked, overproduced shit, you get just two daz stiffing each other and it's yeah. brilliant. Um. So, uh... At one point, uh, Buff chokes Rick on the ropes. Um, and this is the point that we talked about it last week. But what is going on with Rick Steiner's gear? I,
1: I, I'm imagining it's only going to get worse as time goes on.
0: <laughs> Here's what we've got this is the like, ensemble. Pictured in your mind's eye, if you will, listeners. We have red leather singlet, one gold boot one white boot and black knee pads. And you
1: forget the dog collar as well.
0: Oh, the dog collar as well. Yes, of course. Um, Speaking of the dog collar, Buff throws Scott the dog collar uh, and uh, just in the most kind of like da missed spot of all time, like takes this huge <laughs> swing and misses horrendously. <laughs> Rick then swings horrendously. <laughs> Scott goes for a back suplex attempt and while he's up for the back suplex Rick nails him I think two or three mm-hmm. times with the dog collar uh, wrapped around his fist to win and then Dex Buff uh White Thunder attempts to sneak into the the stop ring at that White point <laughs> <laughs> never
1: they've stopped calling him White Thunder
0: <laughs> never this is a future WCW um, champion I am showing the exact amount of respect that the uh, the audacity to have uh, that gimmick <laughs> deserves. Although this was the one, did you notice that? Um, oh, actually, no, this was later. Never mind. Never mind. I'll get to it in the next segment, which is our main event. Um, I will say for a largely bad show, it went quickly compared to, I think, that boring show mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago that nearly killed me. Stone Dead. Um, although I did watch this back to back last week's episode, so I was feeling pretty drained, I must say. Hogan and Nash versus Lex and Sting.
1: I bet you were thinking this was going um, to be a proper slobber knockover match.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I thought this was going to be like a 40 minute mat wrestling clinic. I will say this Man, 98 Sting was so cool. <laughs> we got to hear his cool music anyway. Yeah, man. Like the music, which we said before, is like a top five all-time wrestling theme. Iconic. Um, the look, the coat, the aura, everything. Like
1: the belt looks right with him as well.
0: Yeah, it feels awesome. The triumphant, like you know, we talked about the bat mm. match. Her, her, her. But he's got this kind of feel like back Batman, like a dark Avenger. Uh, here for WCW to to kind of like uh a reckoning mm-hmm. for the nwo it's it's awesome and um, then you have
1: kevin nash wrestling in
0: jeans who, who yeah, also looks uh, like a
1: cool motherfucker
0: <laughs> yeah it's quite a contrast two cool men entirely different paths um bit of a, a a palaver here at the start as hogan and nash have a disagreement about who's going to start the match hogan doesn't want to start but eventually does uh back and forth with sting hey, hang on you're um, underselling this
1: moment we're getting Hulk Hogan against Sting on Thunder.
0: Yeah, no. actually, let's pull back from that a secondly. We're getting Hulk Hogan wrestling on Thunder. Oh, is this his first official match? I think it might be. I think it is. It's like I remember there was a good four or five weeks in the program where we were counting down to the first time he took a bump, and he took like a choke slam off it, off the giant during well, a brawl where he just placed him down on the mat <laughs> to <the> choke sleep. <laughs> Mm. um he
1: was part of that like eight on one nine on one wasn't he oh yeah i think
0: technically he was i don't think he he took a bump in that one though no no i don't remember but yeah like we're we're getting Uh, the
1: match that had been built up for the first two months of the podcast
0: yeah and also in fairness as well lex and nash big stars Mm. as well like by all rights this should be a real banner main event um, Sting is getting the better of Hogan early. Lex comes in. The commentators. Um, I feel like they really needed to let the 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 simmering tensions between Nash and Hogan sizzle a little bit. I think they were overegging it a bit too much here.
1: But that's what they've been doing with the whole NWO thing for like weeks now. At this stage,
0: it it yeah, they're they're laying it on very it's very. This thick. whole
1: struggle for who's in charge, who's the big Kahuna.
0: Mm. um but i do find it funny that while they're trying to do this they're talking about how um like they they haven't tagged yet they haven't tagged yet what does this mean and then they just tagged it wasn't like a build up to anything at all like it just shows a bit of a disconnect in between you know the way there's kind of if you're trying to tell a story in the ring there's a certain kind of like agreed upon you'll clue the announcers in to like set the table for you or color in uh inside the lines uh with what you're doing, but there seems to be a real disconnect here that they seem to think that the whole match is being built around them, not tagging, and then Hogan and Nash just started tagging, but all I mean of you
1: tell Hogan that in mobile or Fairfax, Virginia, he has to work like for fifteen yeah. minutes before tagging out in a tag
0: match fifteen minutes imagine oh, that word like. that's overtime for him, that's <laughs> for sure um while Lex is down Nash pounds him and tags back out Nash in again then afterwards to deliver a boot but he accidentally hits Hogan hot tag to Sting Um, Sting hits a gorgeous Mm -hmm. dropkick during his hot tag the elevation he gets absolutely ridiculous Uh, hits a stinger splash and then just as it was starting to get interesting Macho Man is out DQ again People people echoing my own personal feelings as they begin to throw trash into the <laughs> ring. Um, Hogan and Nash again end up in each other's faces, but get distracted by Luger trying to jump them. Then the NWO locker room gets emptied. The faces clean house, uh, including White Thunder, who is referred to by a nickname that would get slightly adjusted over time. But this is the first time I can recall him being referred to as Big Daddy yep. Pump. So they're not quite there yet, but they're in the neighbourhood of something considerably more uh iconic than White Thunder. Um Hogan and Nash are still arguing as they're outside the ring, being separated by the NWO and the mystery man who is still there and not identified. Uh the NWO walked to the back and the show finishes. Lee, what did you think of that main event match before we evaluate? It was decent while it lasted and then like like you say, the hot tags are staying and things start getting interesting and then just Savage gets involved. Um like Yeah. As I said before, like I really prefer if you're gonna do a DQ, just fucking do it before we get invested, you know? The worst kind of DQ is the one where they cut it off right as you're sucked into the match. And that's literally it was almost to the second that I was like, Oh, this is live in and off. And, and and here's the thing. So Going into
1: Uncensored on the match with Hogan, Savage was clearly the face of the situation. Yeah. Now Savage wants to be World he- Heavyweight Champion. Is he a heel despite the fact that Hogan still wants to go after him?
0: Yeah, because like Hogan still wants to go after him, which means he's sort of a babyface, but also he wants the title so he can lead the NWO, so he's a heel. And he's, And he's going after um, the most
1: beloved face in the company.
0: But yet Kevin Ash is trying to save him from Hogan. And yet they all, yeah, somehow hate each other. And I think Kevin Ash is still
1: a WCW tag team champion.
0: Maybe. He could be. He didn't fucking have to be. We haven't seen these
1: belts in weeks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Who (laughs) fucking knows who the champs are? Can't wait till it shows up and there was another, like, title change on Nitro or something. Actually, who do you Um, think the
1: next champs will be? The next WCW tag champs in our timeline will be.
0: Jesus, I'm trying to think of who is even a tag team that isn't the Outsiders. Yeah, I've got nothing, mate. I couldn't even tell you what the next tag feud I is going to be. I know
1: of a tag team that become champions at some stage in 1998. Yeah. So I'm going to say, there. I think it's going to be Sting and the Giant. Hmm. But I could be way off on the timeline.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because that's obviously not where either of those guys are at the moment. It might be fucking Harlem Heat (laughs) for Yeah. The sooner we get Stevie Ray on this program, the better. That's what I say. I still think we should get the the cameo by Stevie. (laughs) Hey, look, I'm open (laughs) to it. Uh, Lee, Thunder episode 12 in the books. Uh, Your overall thoughts on the show, winners and losers. It
1: wasn't a bad show. It, it, like you say, it kind of clipped, but... Ah, no, it wasn't good either, though. <laughs> it cl- it clipped by at a <laughs> decent pace. It had had an yeah, interesting yeah. main event. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the biggest positive of Thunder Episode 12? Not as long as other shows. We had a, an amazing appearance by Disco.
0: Yeah, you're on your own on that one there, mate.
1: And, you know, Goldberg won his 10th match of the week, so... Yeah,
0: I think... Um, Again, who's coming across good on this show for my winner? Uh, I'm thinking someone like a DDP. Um, came across like a huge star again. Same with Biddy Big Time. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd say
1: DDP. Like, seeing the fan reactions to him, like we said, like the fans getting near him and just being so excited to be in his presence, like that, that, that really yeah. kind of puts him over the top.
0: Uh, losers, there are only two, and there is no fucking contest. That it's it's a joint loser award for both Chavo and Brian mm-hmm. Adams here. Uh, I, I don't think there's anyone in the... There are certainly other losers on the show but I don't think anyone in the same stratosphere as those And that's gentlemen.
1: saying something when Prince Ikea is on the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he put... Uh, to be fair, he put together those bookshelves and quick. He loves a Billy bookshelf does Prince Ikea. He really does. He really does. Anyway, um... That's gonna do it for another episode of Days of Thunder at WC Thunder WCW Thunderpod is where to go on Twitter to follow us individually. I'm at the day to dave. Lee is at Malone underscore seven one three. Check out prowrestlingonly.com dot com. Uh check out our forums there. Uh check us out our posts on the WCW subreddit, on the Pro Wrestling Only boards. Uh please, we've had some cool interactions this week um on, on the tweet machine. Uh, keep that up we like hearing from the Thunder Buddies tell a friend spread the word subscribe to us like all that good stuff join the Fantasy Um, Football League join the Fantasy Football League I'll give you that code one more time you're going to fantasy.premierleague.com and the code is GKZ577 to join the Nick Lambrose Memorial Shield remember when it comes time in May if you are top of the league you will get fabulous prizes And even if you don't come top of the league, come in to try and beat me and Lee and uh, get bragging rights over the hosts of this fine programme. I'm probably going to give up by week six, so. (laughs) So there's your opportunity. (laughs) There's your opening, ladies and gentlemen. For Days of Thunder, I've been Dave Ryan. The man on the line has been Stagger Lee Malone. We shall see you in two weeks with a fresh episode of Days of Thunder.